What's up, Brainiacs? Welcome to the Blabberbrain Show Independence Day Extravaganza 2022 edition. We're lighting off some fireworks with this show because we have none other than Planet Earth's funniest stand-up comic, Rocky Laporte, is with us today. Not going to want to miss this show. Let's do this. Blabberbrains. And welcome back to Blabberbrains Show. Yeah, I know it's been a while. We took a little break. It seems to always be saying that, but what the heck? We're back and better than ever. It's our 4th of July Independence Day extravaganza show. I am your host, Michael Cadry, and my co-host over there, the nutty Big M, Mark Anthony. What is happening? Happy 4th to you, sir. Happy 4th. How come you're not holding any sparklers over there? I was, I, I thought maybe you'd be like shooting off some fireworks. Well, I was hoping to be outside, but it looks like there's a storm coming, so I had to hurry up and bring myself in to my uh, dining room, living room, big room. Well, we don't want to alarm everybody uh, watching the show on the 4th of July because I think it's supposed to be a beautiful day on the 4th. This is pre-recorded, folks. So <laughs> if you're worried that uh, that we're some kind of weather people here telling you that uh, it's going to be pouring down rain, it's not. Rest assured, it's going to be a beautiful day. And at least in the Pittsburgh area, it's going to be beautiful. I can't tell if you're from Saskatchewan, uh, maybe it's raining there. Uh, Boise, Idaho, uh, you know, it may be raining where you're at. I can't, I can't vouch for that. Maybe we're, we're, it could be raining here by the end of this show. <laughs> well, you know, it is totally my fault that we've had uh, a, a long hiatus, but uh, you know, I had to get the, the number two uh, offspring uh, graduated and uh, get her party uh, going and uh, everything was a success i might add thank you for showing up there big m i hope you had a good time absolutely yeah it's you know when you have kids especially whenever they get up uh, into that level and they're active and everything it just takes up so much of your time so what i'm hoping to do is maybe hopefully we can pull one of these off at least once a month uh, I'm not going to go for twice a month, but I'd like to at least shoot for once a month because now my time is a little bit more freed up now that, uh, you know, especially once they're both off to, to college and off to Penn State there. But, um, you know, it, kids take up a lot of time, can I say, you know, so hopefully uh, we'll, we'll be a little bit more freed up. We got uh, Rocky Laporte on with us today. Finally, we've had a couple of false starts, but uh, some scheduling conflicts. But I'm happy to say that Rocky will be on with us in the second half of the show. How? What do you think about that? Hey, we got somebody big coming in. I mean, it's simple <laughs> as simple as that. We don't. I don't have to go to my 93 year old neighbor and say, "Hey, can you come on and let us interview?" Well, you know, <laughs> we've had we've had some big people on before. I mean, we've had you know Lacey Sturm, John Elefante. Oh. We had Jeff James. Hey, you know, I know Jeff's a good buddy of yours, but you know, he's he's on with Dan Bongino. He's on Fox News all the time. He's he's a pretty big name. Oh no, he's the, I, I was just kidding around with it. Maybe, maybe people don't know him just to see him or know his name, but you could tell you know tell his credentials and stuff like that. Secret Service, former Secret Service guy, but yeah, Rocky. You know, even it's so funny. Like even if you ask people, hey, uh, we have Rocky Laporte coming on. Do you know who that is? Nah. Then you show a picture of him. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah. I don't know why it is. Why are some people like so well known by their look or by their you know stature? than by their name they, they're not a household name but yet everybody knows who they are you know it's, it's just, a little different nowadays i mean there's so much i mean go back 20 years ago you know, there weren't that many people you know going on youtube and you didn't have the facebook and all the social media stuff and geez i kind of did the same thing myself i mean there's people who look familiar it's an inner unless it's somebody who really really um you know, affects me. I may rem remember her name, but I was the same thing when you brought his name up. I'm like, name sounds familiar. Yeah. And I go and I see a photo of him. I'm like, oh, that's right. He, he's he's good friends with Tim Allen. And he's done some things with him. So yeah, I've, I first saw Rocky at the uh, Funny Bone, and we'll probably revisit this when he comes on uh, back in the '90s. And I just remember, I mean. We talked about it for 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 weeks and months and probably even years. Like reference, hey, remember that guy was at the Funny Bone and did this or did that. And uh, between me and my sister, is it? Uh, you know, he's just a funny guy. In my in my personal opinion, uh, top two. Uh, he's one of the top two comics. I'm going to put it in the top two. He's in the top two 
of uh, of funniest guys out there doing stand up right now. And I know he he won some sort of award where you know funniest uh, stand up comic on earth or something like that. I don't know. Maybe if you go to Mars or Pluto or oh, Pluto's not a planet anymore, huh? Well, who knows? One day it is, know. one day it's not. You know, maybe on another planet, it's somebody else. Maybe, maybe you could be the funniest guy on on Venus. Who knows? That's what I'm. I'm figuring Uranus would be the. Well, that'd be, be more fitting for or, yeah. Or one of Saturn's moons, or something like that. Well, you know, with with my luck, I'll I'll go to uh, Uranus to watch a good comedy show, and there'll be uh, like hemorrhoids. You know, you have to leave now if you want to get there by the time you're 80. <laughs> hey, I don't know. We're 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 developing uh, uh, tricks to travel faster through space. Uh, I know NASA's working on some stuff. You know, it's that brings up a good topic. I know we've talked a little bit about some stuff uh, on this show, but you know what really fasc- fascinates me? I I've talked to my kids about this all the time. Is the the un- things that are unknown? I watch so many programs about things that are unknown. Not just like paranormal or UFO or Bigfoot and stuff like that, but it's like if something is plausible or there's some evidence to it and we're researching it and they're putting scientists to it, you know, I'm watching that, uh, you know, Skinwalker Ranch thing where they have all kinds of scientists trying to figure out what the heck's going on in that show in that area in Utah and that that ranch and uh, just some weird stuff going on there. And I'm like, that fascinates me because, you know. I so many people like want to dismiss things. Ah, that's this, that's that, or whatever. That's a bunch of malarkey. But you know, if there's scientists looking at it and they don't know what the hell's going on, that fascinates me. It just does. So, and I think that you could probably put them pretty much put, you know, all those things that I talked about in that that category. And you know, I've had my own personal experience, and we've talked about this on the show and stuff before. But, um. I just like the unknown that, you know, not like this show. Would you classify the show as paranormal? Probably more likely unknown. (laughs) (laughs) We're working on it, man. We're just two schleps from Pittsburgh. You know, we're working on it. And, uh, you know, with, we have better guests on the show, you know, like Rocky coming up, hopefully that, uh, that helps with the ratings and such. So, um, you got, uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, on our time off here, you, uh, recorded an EP, which by the way, your, you, your light looks really dark. Well, again. Um, that's because I was working off the natural light here and, um, obviously it's getting darker out there. So just well, give me, you want to give me a second? You want me to yeah, get go some ahead. light we'll, on? We'll, well, I'll entertain the crowd while you, uh, go away. This is, uh, we're not live folks, but I don't like doing editing. You know, I don't like, uh, uh, doing cuts and all this other stuff. We we try to do our show on not natural with no cutaways and stuff like that. Most other podcasts you watch, they'll 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 freeze and then cut and then come right back and be slightly in a different position, but you know something was cut out. That's not what we're about. I just let it keep rolling. Why not? Yeah, I'm sure that was so, thrilling for everybody to see too. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, you know, while we had our little hiatus, you ended up recording a little EP. And uh, I know you're not equipped there to, to give us a little a preview, but why don't you uh, talk about a little bit about it and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a little plug. Okay, great. Yeah, I think we've finally come up with the date for August the 12th for it to be released. And um, it, it's, it's kind of a little different than probably most acoustic music. Um, it was recorded in a manner to sound, which isn't easy because you could hear every little thing, is to sound like I'm sitting on somebody's couch with a guitar and I'm singing these songs to them. And they're definitely more relationship, love related. Uh, If you listen to the tracks all the way through, they sort of loosely uh, tell a story. Um, So there's not, I think I overdubbed about 30 seconds of extra guitar between all five songs. So It's pretty much just one acoustic guitar track and my vocals. And there's not all this delay and compression and everything on it. It gives that sort of intimate feel. And it's called Just Me and Hopefully You. And um, I'm actually excited for it to come out. I mean, I I wanted it to be out a little sooner. Uh, A couple of things I had no control over. But um, I just want people to listen to it. I'm hoping we could... uh, you know, get 
get the video out for one of the songs, probably Your Scars Are Beautiful, a few weeks, at least two weeks before it's available everywhere else. And, and where's uh, it going to be available for people to get? Everywhere. I mean, it's going to be on all the streaming services. It's, How it's about simple. National Record Mart? Is it going to be there? Um, if there's one left, I'll stand outside <laughs> on a 12th from noon to 3 p.m. How about, Eastern how about Sam Goody's? Good. <laughs> Goody's got it, right? He's yeah, always got it. I haven't decided to do any CDs or not. I don't know if there's really that. I mean, I'm actually just giving this to people. I mean, it's nowadays it, it you're you're to the point to where unless you're somebody really famous, um, if you're going to sell it, I mean, okay, you'll make a few dollars, not that much to change your way of life or anything like that, and you get this segment to listen to it. But if you give it to everybody, and my goal is for some publishers to see to see the songwriting behind it because it's very deep lyrics and things like that. And I'd rather have this many people listen to it and, you know, just give it to people. Um, as far as a CD, if I end up doing that, I'm going to have to ask, actually I'll ask the people that actually follow me. And if there's an interest, um, maybe do a small batch, but I'm only going to sell it for probably five or $6, whatever it costs to make the CD, put the label, the case, and the shipping to send it to somebody and make and not make any profit. And if I'm lucky, I'll make a few dollars from all, from the from the string. I would like and, to have a, a, an autographed digital copy. Yeah, I think on. it. I think we. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think we looked into. Well, if I autograph the CD, would probably be five or six dollars to keep it at cost and not make any money off it. I think. That we ran the figures. If I was actually autograph it for somebody, I think I actually sent them the CD in two dollars. Right. It does, you know, it, it actually is worth negative money, and I have to pay you <laughs> uh, to take it. But I do like it. I I've listened. I usually don't listen to a lot of my uh, music. I listen to it once or twice, or once in a blue moon, and I'll nitpick it and everything like that. I'm listening to this, and I just really, I just really like it. I listen to it. God, damn, I really. I really like this. If anybody who's into acoustic type music, something that has a nice intimate feel, vocals are forward. Um, you know, it's deep. I think you're real. I think people are really going to like it. It's been done really well. Chip Dominic, who I, I uh, went to his little small studio to record us because he was interested in working with me and it came out great. I'm, right. I'm very, I'm very happy. Very happy. Awesome. With it. That's great. Yeah, I can't wait for the people to hear it because obviously I've 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 heard the songs, and uh, you know it's uh, it's the the big M raw is what it is. Uh, uh, a lot different uh, than anything I've ever done before. That's for sure. Yeah, I would say so. So you know we'll, we'll count this as a um, uh, unofficial blabber boast. How's that? Uh, we're probably going to have a shorter segment than than usual. So, um, is, is there anything you want to besides your your uh, recording? Anything you want to boast about? Well, you know what? Uh, yeah, these people have been really good to me. I got this hat from. Um, All right, hold on a second. Let's cue it up first. We got to make it official. Level boast. All right, go ahead. What do you got? Um, my friends over at the Willa Lane Hat Company online store, fantastic hats. Uh, not just cowboy hats, baseball caps, you know, other attire for, you know, it's just not just cowboy. You can, you know, straw hats, everything. And they're actually very high quality, reasonably priced. I mean, a good, it's not a $10 hat that you buy at Walmart, but right. some of the better cowboy hats are, are they're, they're several hundreds, hundreds of dollars, or you might have to actually pay up front to have a session for somebody to measure your head and talk to you about all this stuff. These guys do a great thing on my my Facebook and Instagram uh, profile photo. Um, is, is what I'm wearing one of their hats. They sent me over this one here for the fourth of for the fourth of July. I'm actually playing that's beautiful private gig one. So what's on, the name uh, of the company again? It is Willow Lane Hat Company. Willow right. Lane Hat Co. Period. And tell right, we'll, Mark, we'll, fl we'll, we'll flash a URL up on the screen. Yeah, here. and definitely uh, tell them Mark Anthony sent you. They might just uh, they just might hook you up. But they're but they are they're really they're really nice hats. And I'm gonna probably wear this on Sunday. Well, I guess Sunday you weren't nobody's listening to this and watching it live. Third of July, I'm doing a private uh, gig, and 
I think I'm going to wear this hat. It's yeah. going to be a sauna outside, but I'm going to be outdoors, but I think I'm going to wear it anyhow. I, okay, right I, now it's a sauna in my office right here. It's uh, The AC is out, so it's like 90 degrees in here. Literally, I got fans blowing on me, so I'm apologize if you hear like noise in the background it's fans blowing on blowing hot air on me is what it is but uh that's what the other reason for wearing the hat i think you know i'll wear the hat and it'll make it cover up the sweat that's uh going to be pouring off my head so at any time so anyways uh yeah you know what there was a couple things i wanted to, to, to boast about and you know i i was thinking about it on the way here and i'm like crap slipped my mind what I what the heck I wanted to, to boast about so that's why I thought that I would talk about your your new recording and stuff like that um oh I because you know a lot of the stuff as we told before um it's not uh, paid advertisement we're just boasting about it because we like it but um I want to give him a, a good shout out to my buddy uh John Bryant JB3 and uh his company links brewing if you're ever on the golf course where they have uh, this beer, because it's only sold at, at, at golf course, I'm not sure if it's just country clubs or, or golf courses, but um, they got uh, they're, they're expanding their their uh, selection of beer. Uh, we'll put the URL up here and your, their Instagram and stuff. Uh, check them out if you're uh, if they're selling it in a place where you happen to be golfing, then definitely pick it up and give it a try. It's some really awesome beer. So. That'll end this segment of Level Boost. All right. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll take a short break here. And um, like I said, I'm trying to keep this segment a little bit shorter so we can leave a little bit more time for, for Rocky. Uh, I'm going to dry my head off. <laughs> it's soaking <laughs> wet under this hat. And uh, we'll, we'll be back with Rocky the Port. Labyrinths. Good, a Bon Jovi. I, uh... Hey, uh... Listen to, to my week. I had to go to court on uh, Tuesday. My freaking lawyer don't show up. I end up in front of this judge. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. He comes up to me, he goes, uh... He goes, do you have counsel? I go, N I got a stick shift. Welcome back to Blabberbrain Show. You saw a little clip there of the amazing Rocky Laporte. He was uh, up in Canada there trying a little uh, Canadian humor on the audience there. Thankfully, <laughs> it worked. So uh, welcome to the show, Rocky. Yeah. Good to be here, guys. Hey. Big, big applause. And uh, so, uh, yeah, we, we've uh, had a couple uh, false starts to get you on here. I know thank, I appreciate you clearing the schedule to, to come on the show. I, I think the first thing I want to address is uh, a, a big problem we have with you in Pittsburgh. And that's you. <laughs> what do, did I do now? <laughs> you, you don't show up here enough. I mean, how uh, often do you play Pittsburgh? Like never. We have we have a uh, an improv here, a really nice improv. A lot of comedians come to. I don't see Rocky Laporte's name on yeah, the marquee. Yeah, you're in Erie, but you can't come to Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know what? Erie's like this big. Yeah. You want to know <laughs> right before. Uh, I was in Zelianople. Is that how you Zelianople. say it? Zelianople. Yeah, Zelianople. Yeah, yeah, I did two gigs there at that little theater, and we sold out. But uh, I don't know who's running the improv now. It's just so hard to get in. Like, I love Pittsburgh. And right. uh, I used to play the old Funny Bone there at Station Square. I know. That's yeah, the first that's place cool I place. saw you. Uh, Is that, that right? It's not, it's not there anymore. But uh, yeah, that's that's the very first time I saw you. I think that was back in the nineties. Yeah, uh, and uh, that, I tell you, I was just telling Mark in the first segment. I said the first time me and my sister uh, and and some friends went out to see you, we were talking about it for weeks, months. We were even like like quoting some of your your act like for for like the long time after. Hey, remember that guy at the funny bone? It was just the funniest oh. thing in the world. That's oh, a, well, thank fact, you. my first time seeing you in the nineties. That's what made me a fan. Just seeing you for the first time down there. So. But Thanks, um, Mike. yeah, the funny thing is, is uh, the funny bone used to be uh, at another location closer to my house. And it's it, the building was owned by this. These guys called the Levitsky brothers. You want to talk about the mafia, hey, the Levitsky brothers. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And uh, that building, I think th they moved down to Station Square in sometime in the 80s. 
Right. The place where the Funny Bone used to be has been vacant ever since. And they still have their name up like they want to rent it out. Yep. And stuff like that. They're very Is patient. That right? They're very patient. <laughs> well, yeah. I think one of, the, one of the Steelers had a place like right across the street from it, right? Like uh, I forgot who uh, who it was, the player at the time. And there was like oh, that was uh, Rod Woodson. Yeah, Rod oh, Woodson. Oh, that's it. Ron Woodson. Yeah. Yeah, Rod. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's the first time I ever saw you. So we, we got it. Mark, who do we know over at the Improv? Anybody? No, we don't. Actually, no, we don't have any connections. <laughs> I don't. I, you know, I really, I frankly, I was always a bigger fan of the Funny Bone here in Pittsburgh. Mm. I thought that was just a cool place because everything was set up. It was just like you were hanging out there. I mean, the stage was just it was nice and short, and you just it was. It felt more personal to see somebody like yourself come in here and 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 do your act. And it's just, it, I don't know. It just was such a better experience than. It's almost a little too corporate to me. Yeah, oh, you know? yeah there was yeah, another bigger it. place up in Robinson where they, they had like everything. They had bowling, they had a cigar bar, they had a comedy club. I saw, we saw Louis Anderson there, God rest his soul. Oh, um, but yeah. that was, that was, that place was short lived. But anyways, we got to get you back to Pittsburgh somehow, not Zillian Opal. Nobody goes up to Zillian Opal. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants to go up the area either. But uh, so okay. Pittsburgh loves you. We want to get you back here and then we got to find a way to make that happen. Cause I'm well, not, I love I'm not, Pittsburgh. They I'm not driving to Chicago. Uh, I don't know. I, you guys always treated me great there. And I, I'm going to tell my age, I'm going to push uh, to get back to Pittsburgh. We'll I, promote it for I really you. Like coming we'll definitely there, you know? yeah, we'll come promote back the in show. again and we'll promote, promote your gig right here, right in, right around the tri-state area. Yeah, we have uh, our, okay. our, our viewers it. are far and wide, but uh, the bulk of our, our viewers and listeners are, are in the Pittsburgh area. So we'll promote the heck out of it. So anyways. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. That'd be yeah, good. So, um, you know, it's, there's about a billion questions I want to ask you. So like, what we do on this show is I, you know, I usually like to dig deep into things that I want to know <laughs> about people and stuff. So I know that, um, and a lot of this stuff is already commonly known and stuff, but you, you were, you grew up in where, in Brooklyn? Uh, I, you know, I kind of grew up in both Chicago and New York. I consider Chicago my home. Right. And, but I love Brooklyn. And I had a lot of friends and relatives there. And yeah, it was a good, it's a good city. Well, because they're revamping it too. That's how, you know, Cleveland, remember how Cleveland used to be? I know you guys hate right. Cleveland, but uh, <laughs> you know, here's something funny. I was just, uh, I played at Hilarities in Cleveland. That's a nice club. It's a theater right. club. And uh, the last time I went there, they actually, they made me this bat. They gave me this bat. It's beautiful. Wow. And uh, yeah, check this out. They put a, you know, a Chicago Bears thing and it says hilarities in my name. Wow. And uh, and I'm, I'm not even making this up. The next time I went, they gave me uh, like engraved, like wooden brass knuckles, like for <laughs> every time I go to Cleveland, they're giving me a weapon. I'm like, is it, is it that bad there? Or, uh, is somebody after me? Maybe someone from Pittsburgh lives there that wants to. Maybe they just trust you with the weapons. Who knows? They just seem like that. The reason I'm saying that is because I remember when I first saw you back in the day, you, you really seem to have like a thicker New York accent. And now you kind of got this quasi, you know, it, it's a mashup of like Chicago and New York accent going, going on. So mm -hmm. I, I think that's, that's probably just territorial from being in both places, but like, yeah. have you, the bulk of your like last 20 years lived in Chicago, I'm guessing. Right. Yeah, well, I was out in LA for like 14 years. Oh, really? And then, okay. uh, yeah, and then I moved back to Chicago about maybe eight, nine years ago. I've been right. uh, back here, you know. And I, when I started out, I was uh, like my cadence was a lot slower and lower. And uh, yeah, I think I was going slower because uh, I didn't have that much material. <laughs> so I had to stretch it out. <laughs> I had to drag it out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, that, that's what works for you. I mean, there's, I mean, I've, I, I seem to recall like the first time I saw you, like you barely said anything and the, the audience is sitting there laughing for like 10 minutes and like you barely said anything. Just, yeah, I remember, yeah, you. I remember uh, there was, a, I did an evening at the improv and I went up there and I, all I said was, I go, uh, hey, I go, hey, how you doing? And people just, they <laughs> laughed at that for like five minutes. I'm like, oh, right. okay, this is, so I think my character, if you can right. call it that, developed uh, before my writing did, you know, like I think people were laughing at, you know, like when you see like Barney Fife or right. Rodney Dangerfield, you just start <laughs> laughing at him because right. you go, right. oh, this guy's, you know, 
he's he's missing the boat here, you know? Nah. Yeah, probably at that point in time, before you get into any material, it doesn't matter if you're a good writer or not. So I think once you start learning how to write and you're writing great material and you, and you pair those both together, it's like golden, you know what I mean? Yeah, it took me 33 years to figure that out. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, whatever. Great. I mean, like I said, I, you're, you're, I, I put you up there in uh, my personal top two favorite uh, active comedians out there right now. So, um, well, thank you, man. That's very kind. I appreciate that. So how, how, um, which came first? Like the idea, like were you, I mean, a lot of comedians are just like, you know, people tell them, oh, you're funny. You should do something about it, whatever. <laughs> and then is it just like, because maybe they figured you're a funny guy. So you, is it like a process of like, okay, I'm going to funny guy. So, I'm going to go do funny guy stuff. But then you're like, wait a second, I got to write some stuff. And then you figure out how to write it. Did you have a writing partner? Did you just try to figure it out yourself? Um, you know, I, I think it hit me uh, when I was a kid. I remember being a, like maybe like six or seven and we're sitting around the table with all my, like all my aunts and uncles are there. And uh, I don't remember what I was exactly what, but I remember I had, I had them laughing so much that they were crying and <laughs> I remember like I go, I felt like I had a mad, like I had magic or like I could do a magic trick and cause right. it, it amazed me. And I was like, oh, like what a neat thing to have. Like I felt like, uh, not, a, not power. I don't know what you would call it, you know, but uh, maybe like a gift, I guess, you know? And, uh, I just thought, what a great, th plus it got me out of a lot of trouble. Every time I, you know, uh, <laughs> if, if I could make my you know parents laugh, they wouldn't, beat the piss out of me. Right. So, uh, that helped a lot. And then Back I remember in the day where they could piss, hit the piss out of you. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the thing. The neighbors could hate you like everybody, right. the nun, the neighbors. <laughs> everybody. Yeah. There was no, uh, but I remember at my sister's wedding, I had three older sisters and one of them got married and I, I was probably like seven or eight. And back then they had live bands at the wedding. Do you remember that? They would have a live band. Yeah. Well, they had a tip jar up there so you can go up and request, songs, you know? So I kept going around asking the adults for, you know, a couple dollars to, but I'm going up there and I'm, I go, Hey, the bride wants to hear, uh, you know, uh, Batman. She wants to hear the Batman theme song. <laughs> and, uh, I had these guys playing rawhide and Batman. And I go, Do you guys know the, I go, the bride wants to hear green Hornet. And, uh, <laughs> and it was just so funny that, and then finally the, you know, the band's like, what the fuck? You know, and finally everybody's going like, what the hell's going on? And I, I remember being in the corner laughing, just like I had, had all these idiots fooled, you know, like that. Uh, it was an inside joke playing. with you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was the only one laughing. <laughs> like, That's funny. <laughs> how stupid is the band that go along with like, you know what I mean? Like they get some seven-year-old kids telling them to play, but the bride wants to hear Batman. So they say, okay. I'm surprised they actually knew what you had requested. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Well, they're, if they're, they're, I've known a lot of wedding bands and they're pretty versatile in what they know and stuff like this. And they'll, they'll try just about anything. So. Yeah. Cause they play bar mitzvahs and, you know, polkas and everything. So they, you know. But they're, they're probably not playing Batman were, at any of those things. So. They're raw. Hide, <laughs> raw. The wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless it's in Texas or something, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But there's another side of it too. It's it's not just knowing that you're funny or being able to tell jokes or be a funny person. Uh, I mean, I because I've done a few open mic uh, nights, and like I've I'm a musician, and and you know I do other things, entertainment. I've acted and everything like this. Like if I'm acting on on, on camera, if on stage, or if I'm playing in a band and playing on stage, there's a comfort level. But there was this such an uneasy feeling of you're, you're all up on stage all by yourself. And even though I know I could be funny and I know I could be getting some good feedback, it was this terrifying thing of like, I'm just, I'm naked. I'm up here by myself. And it's, it, unless you've got that super comfort level uh, to be up there delivering that stuff, it, you, you, you're probably not in the right field. So when did yeah. you develop that comfort level to, to be up there in front of people? Was it natural right from the get go? Uh, I think so. Uh, I remember the very first time I went on stage, uh, I, I crossed, it was like a drug, man. You know, I guess it's the, you know, they say chasing the dragon. Right. Um, that's kind of how, it, like I killed and I didn't even know what I was doing. And 
the owner of the club, he goes, how long have you been doing comedy? And I said, about five minutes. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, you want to come back this weekend? And I go, yeah. So it just took off like that. Like I was hooked, like right from the start. And uh, I knew, I love to make people laugh. But I remember one time I was down in Mississippi and I was opening for Hootie and the Blowfish. Wow. And they didn't want to see me like, you know, I didn't, nobody wants to see a comic in front of a band, you know, <laughs> uh, sometimes it works, but sometimes it don't. And, uh, man, they're just yelling, where's Hootie? And they're booing me and I'm telling them to shut up. And they kind of <laughs> were dressed how like you guys are dressed now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. Good old boys. Yeah. Good old boys. <laughs> so, so, I mean, uh, and then even the guys from Hootie and they go, man, I don't know how you do it. Like, you know, you're up there without a net and it's just you. He said, you know, when we were coming up in bars and people were talking and stuff. We, we just played like we're in a garage and then we were all together. We, we had a team, you know, and uh, I've had a few people say that I got to meet uh, on my Facebook page. Uh, if you look on there, I have the, on my personal one, uh, the lady on there with me. That was uh, Talia Shire who played uh, Adrian and yeah, all the Rocky. On Rocky, movies. right? <laughs> yeah, you know, she was, in God, yeah. And she was in the Godfather movies right. and everything. Yep. And I'm trying to ask her, and she's asking me about, oh, how is that doing? Like, is it hard doing comedy? You know, and it's like she goes, I admire that. And I'm like, I was trying to ask her questions about her, you know, right. and she just thought that comedy was amazing and it was just such a hard thing. And, but you know what, man, I've seen huge comic bomb, like, uh, you know, George Carlin and Richard Jenny and, you know, and these are great comics and I'm, and I don't know, it's, if it was easy, ever anyone could do it, but oh, it ain't, absolutely. Yeah. You know, well, there's, well a, you there's know, no, it's a rough gig. It's a very rough gig. I mean, you know, like I said, you have to have that sort of comfort level to not only just that, but I, I was just watching this, this girl comic on America's Got Talent and she was in the middle of her routine and Sophia Vergara, like, start throwing stuff out there, talking to her like it's a conversation, like breaking up oh, her routine. Boy. And she just went with it. She had an answer for her that was funny and then just kept going with the routine. I'm like, man, that was slick. That was smooth. Well, like, the judges you know, are heckling her. Right. Well, they're not, heck she wasn't heckling. She just forgot she was in a routine. It's like, you know, she's talking about her mother. He's like, oh, your mother is asking a question about her mother. And it's like, <laughs> it's just like, let, just let her do her act for crying out loud. But the, the, she did it with like, it was like butter, man. She just like, she, not only did she respond to her and it was funny that she just kept going right with her act and that's, that's wow a, that's who was a tough that thing to do i don't do you know remember her name, name the, i don't remember her name but you'll you'll see her again because she she made it through um and and she was just a funny lady so um yeah she'll she'll be back again but and this is the, recently recently it was just on the last not the, this week's episode i think last week's episode but um so she'll probably when they go to the uh next round she'll she'll probably be there again but um you know, that just reminds me too, like I was talking um, years ago, talking about the improv. I saw these years ago, I saw Brian Regan there oh, and was talking heck. with him afterwards. And um, which, by the way, he, you, the two of you are my top two comics, favorite comics. Oh, thanks, <laughs> um, man. Thank you. Um, and uh, somebody else was working. He had five shows there and somebody else was working all five shows. And he said, I, I was, I've been here for all five shows and all five of your shows were different. How in the world could you possibly put on five different shows? And he uh -huh. says, well, he says, to be honest with you, he says, I've got like a million routines in my head and I never know what I'm going to say until I get on stage. How is that possible? Like, wow. I, I mean, if you're a comic, don't you have to have things pretty well planned out? I mean, that is that like on another level where he just like, doesn't know like whatever comes to his head, he's just rolling with it. That's weird. Yeah, I think there's only a few guys that are like that. Like, and that to me, that's hard. I, I don't know. Like, uh, some of my friends say you should do more crowd work. But I go, but you know, I like doing my act and the jokes that I wrote because sometimes you go into the crowd, it, it's kind of like improv, it's hit or miss. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes the crowd, and you don't want to open up a drunk crowd, you know, like let them <laughs> start yelling stuff out and stuff like that. You know, you don't ask questions too many with a crowd like that. But, uh, I admire those guys like that. And there's only a few guys that I ever knew that had that much material, you know, it was like Brian Regan and Richard Jenny and, you know, guys like that, George Carlin. I think he had, I think he had 10 one hour specials. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? He had a lot. Right. Yep. He had a yeah. lot, but I mean, like on your um, comedy central special, you were kind of, 
interacting with the audience, you know, you know, and was, someone would say, you know, like, what, you know, um, what do you do? And they're like, Hey, well, I have a, uh, oh, I got an, uncle. an ice cream parlor. You're like, hey, my uncle had an ice cream parlor. It was called Eat This. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was funny. Oh, but there, there's only so many times you can do that too, right? You know what I mean? Like, um, but you, you pretty much like the funny thing about that is almost like, whatever someone does for a living, you could probably come up with something unless someone says, you know, I'm a, I'm a rocket scientist or something like that. Oh, right, maybe, there's a, right. maybe there's something you can do there, but boy, or a counselor or something like that. You can't say that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean that, I'd and be then, canceled like, immediately. I think somewhere in your act, you even said, this is harder than it looks, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, you, if you're going to do that, you got I me mean, like Howie Mandel, like commits to that. Like he's always interacting with people in the audience. And that's like almost his whole entire act is, yep. is inter, you know, talking with the audience and stuff like that. But, and I guess there's just like music, just like acting, just like any other form of entertainment, there's more than one way to do it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, you know, there's, and I think the majority of comedians say, I've written this, this is my material. This is what I'm going with. I'm going on stage and I'm going to perform it and I'm going to, I'm going to kill yeah. it. It works for them. And the other ways the other people do it works for them. So, um, yeah. I noticed one other thing too, that, uh, Jackie Gleason said one time, and I'm going to butcher this statement, but he said, um, that there are, there have been many good, uh, comics who've become great actors, but there's never been a great actor that has become a good comic. Would you agree with that uh, statement? Uh, yeah. You know, I think the only one that I could think of uh, is Robert De Niro. You know, when he went from doing all that, you know, taxi to uh, it was a taxi driver. Remember, right. I think he was a killer in there. And then he went to meet the Fockers and uh, he was actually well, I'm talking about stand up comic. I think what he was referring to was oh, like, stand up, like yeah. the stand up. There, there's been great stand up comics that have become good actors, yeah. great actors. Right. And and maybe even good comic. I mean, I, there have been people that go. I mean, Leslie Nielsen is another one that comes to mind. So serious, oh, yeah. serious, 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 serious until he got did airplane. Then once he did airplane, then he never did serious again. You know, Lloyd Bridges yeah. is the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's been a lot of people like that, but I don't think that's what he was talking about. I think he was talking about comics, oh, okay. like yeah. like comedian, not not comedians there's a difference between a comic oh, and a comedian right yeah and, that's uh, a good point i yeah i thought you were saying like in, a, in the acting going from serious to a no because i think there's been people that do that but like there's a there's like jim carrey for instance you know he nothing but you know stand up stand up stand up and then he started acting right uh i'm not saying he's a brilliant actor but he, he's done pretty well for himself you know but there's been a lot of people that that have that have done that yeah. Uh, is, is that, be, is that, like I said, when you're up on stage and you're doing your act, you're, that, you're just doing that. You only, it's stuff that you've written when you're acting in front of a camera, you're doing something that somebody else wrote. Right. It's, it's kind of like a one-to-one -one transition. So if you can do what you're doing really well, you should be able to pull it off in front of the camera acting and doing something that somebody else wrote and stuff. Is, is that a correlation do you think, or is it just the person themselves is that special that they can move that over? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I've worked with a couple guys. That's all they do is crowd work. And I, I go, wow, like, not only is it ballsy, but and hard to do, you know, but uh, I don't know, it just seems like uh, they're good at that. Like, but I only think there's a few people that can do that. Um, Ron White actually said something that I, I believe is true. He goes, uh, he goes, you can teach people how to fly a plane, like be a pilot, and you can teach someone how to be a brain surgeon. He goes, but I don't think you can teach someone to be funny. And yeah. I think that's true. Like, that's uh, like, you have to have that in you. You can't get a guy off the street and go, hey, I'm going to, you could show them what to do, you know, stage presence, how to write a joke, all that junk. But if you don't have have that in you. Uh, I don't think you can, anybody can do comedy, just anybody, you know? Well, besides, besides trying to make people laugh, is there comedy 101? Is there, here's what you have to do first. I mean, like I said, is there a process that says comedy 101 says you first have to do this, then that, then that, or is it just different for everybody, whatever works for you? I think it's gotta be in you, you know, like my father and my brother, they can look, at you guys with a, a pencil and a pad and they can draw you. They're both unbelievable artists. 
Right. I draw stick people still. I don't. I'm, <laughs> yeah. If you told me to draw some, you would think about a third grader did it. Right. Like that's how. But they got that gift, and I it skipped me. But I ended up getting the funny gene, I think, because you know they're not. They weren't. That. My dad was a kind of funny. He was a quiet guy, but I think that's like a a thing you have to have. You know, like like you're a musician. Not a lot of. What do you play, by the way? I play bass and drums. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Mark plays the guitar. Oh, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. He's, he's a good, really good singer. He's got a new EP. We were just talking about it earlier. He just recorded a new EP that'll be out soon. And uh, he's really good. You should check him out. Oh, absolutely. I will. But he talks too much. This guy never shuts up. <laughs> this is my show. I'm just kind of a cheap sidekick here. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, he's the Ed McMahon. Yeah, yeah the that's about it. I go, when, he's not, when he says something that's not funny, I go, <laughs> good one, Mike. <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, he does chime in sometimes with some good questions and stuff like that. So, but don't but you think, think they're Rocky, when you're talking, when you're discussing how somebody who's an actor becoming a comedian, how that has worked. Don't you think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you, most of you guys have dealt with the fact of doing an open stage night going on at a quarter to one when there's five people there and they have already heard every related joke that you had. And now you have to come up with something and you got to keep coming back to move yourself slowly kind of from going on on a, you know, at, at one o'clock in the morning to going on at 11 o'clock the going on early and things like that. And I don't think you could, if you haven't done just like a musician, you see a lot of famous actors become musicians, but I don't see, or they were musicians, but they didn't do the whole thing of, you know, showing up for a gig and seeing no cars in a parking lot, not getting paid at the end of the night or all those things. I mean, they have talent, but I don't ever remember you know, the bacon brothers going on tour and selling out arenas, you know, I just think it's a different, it's a different skill set that just because you could act doesn't mean you could do what you've done. You, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's just like sort of almost in a sense, a lot of times like with American Idol and things like that, they get somebody that's done karaoke at the, at a local bar to give them a record contract and, you know, a hundred people buy it and that's it. Yeah. You know, versus somebody who's actually suffered, you know, and, you know, got abused, if you want to say, didn't get paid, had to come up and make the sacrifice to get there. Well, I think yeah. it also yeah. works the way too. Like I, I made a comment and of course, you know, it's one of these, when you make a comment of something that you, that will never happen, you, you'll never know the answer for. So I forget there's a, there's a d- definition for that. But like I said, you know, Sophia, speaking of Sophia Vergara, she's a very, very funny woman. I don't know that she could do stand up. I don't know if she'd be the same doing stand up, but she's like, even like Lucille Ball, Lucille Ball is hysterical, but I don't think she could do stand up comedy. Yeah. Um, so there's a difference between a, uh, you know, a, a, a comic and a comedian, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. some, a comic is someone who knows how to be funny and they can be funny on camera. They can be a funny on demand. They can repeat other people's dialogue in a funny way. Cause they're just a funny person. And then there's a comic that, you know, that stands up on stage by themselves, either writes some material or has a partner or something like this. And, uh, and you're just there and you do it by yourself and it's all you. And, that is so much harder to do, I think. Uh, so I, I, you know, anybody should admire a stand-up comic Absolutely. for for just the, the ability to do what you do for a living because it's it's not easy. No, and you're. It feels like you know, uh, it's like being in the ring. You know what I mean? You're in there by yourself, and it, you're you gotta. Sometimes you get kicked in the balls, and you go <laughs> home. You're like, man, what the hell was that? You know, everybody has those crowds. You're like, wow, like why? There's just some nights they're not buying what you're selling, you know, and I love George Carlin, but I seen him in Reno one time and he, there was about 1200 people. He walked about 300 people, about 300 people left. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I forgot, you know what I mean? A guy like that has a bad show. That's, right. you know, that, that's I, real. That says something right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I know you've done, you know, a little bit of acting um, and funny. I, I think, about a year or two ago, I recall watching an old uh, rerun of Cheers, and I think you were on an episode of oh, Cheers wow. as yeah, a, as yeah. an extra or a guy that came came into the bar or something like that. Were you a construction worker? Construction I can't worker, remember. Yeah, I can't remember. But um, and I you did uh, the the Shaggy Dog and stuff like that. But you know, totally different scenario. But have has like I still I, get residuals from that from that, Cheers. Like that's great. Yeah, like 
<laughs> yeah, like I get like uh, like three dollars every year. I was still paying <laughs> off though. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but if 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 uh, if gas wasn't so expensive, I'd buy a, a gallon of gas. But um, you know, I used to do a joke. Of, my friends go, "Hey, you could do this joke again." I th- I think I did it on a Tonight Show. You know, uh, I was talking about is gas high enough? And I go, I, "I'm in the gas station," and the guy goes, "Fill it up." And I go, no, just give me $90 worth. <laughs> I go, that way I got 10 left for a Starbucks. And, that would uh, definitely work today. <laughs> yeah, but I don't even think 90 bucks. You might even get like half a 10, right? It's like, it's yeah, if, you got, if you got a truck, yeah, or something like or if you're out in California or something like that. But um, yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. But um, like it, I've always thought that you should be on a, a sitcom or something like there should be like, did anybody approach you to like to, to, to build a sitcom around you or something? Yeah, you know what? I had uh, I had two develop I had a development deal with uh, CBS, and then uh, that year the writers went on strike. Oh, perfect! Yeah. So they put on reruns, and then I don't know about I don't know how many few years that maybe eight years after that or something like that. Uh, I got another I had another development deal to do a sitcom with uh, ABC, and the writers went on strike. <laughs> Oh, you can't win. I think I'm toxic to Hollywood. Like every time I do, they go, oh, let's shut it down. This idiot's got a deal. So then they just started putting on all those reality shows. Like, you know, which oh, yeah. were, I, was I like, know oh, I, I buy into them. So. Oh, but, do you? Um, yeah. Most of the ones like on, on history channel and discovery channel and stuff like that. But uh, you know, not like the big brother and you know, the you don't watch the Kardashians. Like Come on. You guys are I've the never, Kardashian my, guys. My daughter, seen my daughter more does. Than 30 I'm like, my daughter watches that show. I'm like, what do you see in this oh. show for crying out loud? It's not even close to reality. They call it reality TV. It's not even close to reality. No. But um, <laughs> no, but have, have you had a desire to do more acting or you just want to stick to what work, what's working for you? No, I'd love to. I'd love to do. Mo- I liked movies better than sitcom acting. Like, you know, uh, I, I'd really like to do uh, be in movies. Um, but, you know, once everything kind of hit, like everybody moved out of L.A., like Kathleen Madigan, Brian Regan, like, you know, um, I think because of COVID and reality shows, there was really no more of those like Everybody Loves Raymond or, right. or you know, Tool Time where you can get guest sets on a show like that. That kind of disappeared, you know, like mm-hmm. now they want you being naked and, you know. Climbing yeah. up a tree for a coconut, you know, and dropping an F bomb every two seconds. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like even like some of the sitcoms that have, that Netflix has tried to do has just been really lame. Even with good actors, it's just. But I watch you like an episode. I'm like, who's writing this stuff? It's so stupid. Like, and you get good <laughs> actors doing this stuff, and I'm like, that that's the. There's nothing worse than having a really good actor deliver. Uh, really bad lines. Like mm-hmm. I tried to make it through a uh, morning show with Steve Carell and, and Jennifer Aniston because they're, they're really good actors. Mm-hmm. And, and I know everybody seems to be loving that show, but I'm like watching that show and I'm like, this is horrible dialogue. It's, it's, it's really good actors delivering bad lines. I couldn't watch it. Wow. You know, it, it just didn't seem natural. And every other word is F this F that. And is that right? It, it, it just didn't seem natural. Um, that, but that's the other thing too. And it's not the reason why like you and Brian are my two, my two favorite comedians, but um, you know, you, you're by and large pretty clean with your, with your act, you know, you don't rely on that stuff. And that's in today's day and age in the last 20 years, 20, 30 years, that's really tough to do for, and is, is that a conscious effort? Or is that just who you are? I mean, no, I always wanted to work clean because, you know, you, you have more opportunities, you know, for, uh, you know, regular like TV and, you know, corporate gigs and, you know, you can make it a corporate gig where you make it a week or two in a club, you know, and right. you're not wow. playing all drunk idiots and, you know, <laughs> getting up early doing press after, you know, doing shows every night, the, the roads are grind, you know? So, uh, yeah. And you know what? I'm not a political guy at all. Like I hate, right. I grew up in Chicago, which uh, we, I think we had four governors <laughs> that went to prison and I swear to God, and it was a thing here in the seventies. It was called gray Lord. Uh, it was an FBI sting operation. Right. I think they locked up, uh, 20 Chicago judges, because they were taking, wow. you can buy your way out of murder here in the old, like Holy you smoke. get 10 grand, you get out of a murder rap, like Chicago was so corrupt. Right. So I always hated politics. I never, but uh, that Mike Huckabee, uh, 
I think he ran for president and he was yeah, governor. He, of, he was uh, governor of Louisiana, some, right? Louisiana. Yeah. And uh, his daughter was that Sarah Huckabee, the one right. she was like Trump spokesman. So anyway, he's got this show. It's on the Trinity Broadcast Network down there mm-hmm. in Nashville. Right. And uh, and they're all they said, hey, you can't even say if you've been divorced. Like, don't they're that. Right. Clean. Know, right. Tight. Yeah. Right. So I did the show and uh, I was supposed to be at Zany's on Sunday on Sunday night. And we shot that show on uh they ran it Friday and Saturday right before I went to Zany's and uh, my ticket sales jumped by like 125 just from being on this little wow. Christian show right. and being wow. clean. Wow. And I'm like, Hey, you get your fans wherever you can get them. Okay. And, yeah, uh, really? yeah. And they invited me back to do uh, another one. And I'm like, Hey, like what the hell? Some of those people, they do those church. I'm not church clean, but I, I right. guess for what they pay, uh, those people, you can be church clean, you know, like you'll make yeah. it happen. <laughs> well, you're, you're bound to get another seven or eight uh, fans off of this show too. So no, right. <laughs> no we we, double we, digits pretty soon. Yeah. We're uh, no, we, we get some decent uh, uh, viewers on our show. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure That's that uh, the funny thing is it's like, and I've, I come across this all the time and it's not just you, it's so many people. And I think Mark and I were talking about this before we came on with our first segment is, you know, if you ask someone, hey, did you ever hear of Rocky Laporte? And they're like, eh, I don't know if I ever heard. But then they, you, you show them a picture of you or a video of you. are like, oh, I know that guy. So, like, like is, it, I guess it's just that hard to become a household name. But even though people know exactly who you are and have heard you and have seen you, but it's like putting a face to the name as soon as you throw it out there. Like, I guess that's really difficult to do. I mean, you've been around a while. Yeah, I'm the uh, best kept secret in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, you know, sometimes it's generational, but other times it's just not. I mean, I, I, I've i come across this with a lot of people and um, it's like, hey, have you heard of so-and-so? No, but they did this, they did that, they did. That. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Maybe just people just, maybe I, I pay attention more than other people, I guess. I don't <laughs> but sometimes uh, people will go, Hey, like, you know, like, do I, you know, do I know you or where did I see you from? Or, you know, most of the time they think I'm like a plumber or a garbage man <laughs> or something like that. But I mean, <laughs> but I, think that's where I, was, I think that's where I was huh? going with my questions is the fact that uh, because you're not necessarily like everybody doesn't know your name, but they have seen you and they know who you are and stuff like this. Is it harder like to be in public or, or do you still just have the, that regular you know, Italian looking guy that you can blend in. But I I would think that you would get, you know, stopped all the time. Uh, You know, sometimes in airports it'll happen or people that are, there's a lot of people out there that are comedy fans. They're really big. You know, they go to shows every week or two and, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're fans of comedy. And um, a lot of people go, man, like you should have, you know, you should be bigger. You should have, you know, and I'm like, uh, I wish, the same thing, but sometimes you got, you know, it's a little bit of luck, right place, right time. And I've seen, you know, I don't want to bash anybody, but like I've seen comics make it huge that weren't funny at all. Like right. I don't, I don't know how the hell that happened. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I can think of a couple. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. name names. Yeah. But I know, same I know here, right? yeah. And if you, if you say, then it looks like it's like your sour grapes or whatever, you know, but it's just like, like saying like I I didn't like this movie you know it would be the same thing go oh I, I didn't think it was that good where other people did but if you say that about another comic then they go oh well, you're jealous or you're and I'm not jealous I'm happy for all my friends' success that made it right but there's other people I'm like how the hell did that happen like I don't I don't get it but I no I mean I what's your what's your I have two things to add to that first of all what's your what's your definition of success I mean you're doing what you love doing for a living and you've been doing it for a long time I would call that being pretty successful um you know have you been in 30 movies and been on 30 different TV shows no but I mean like I said everybody has a different level of that but the um the other side of that is I would respond to those people like what am I dead yet you know, I still got a lot of life left in me. You don't know what's going to happen. In my life. I don't know what's going to happen in my life. I, I could explode tomorrow or I could be in the next big uh, hit or whatever. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, everybody knows who I, so, you know, it, it everybody has their time and uh, it, you know, there, there's a, there's, there's a plan. I think you're doing exactly what you're called to do. Um, 
you know, my beliefs are, you know, you know, if, if God wants you to be more successful, he'll open up other doors and there'll be other <laughs> things waiting there for you. But, um, right. you know, somebody I, asked nothing- me to go, where, where do you think you're at now, right now in your career? And I'm like, uh, I go, so late in the fourth quarter and I'm down by 20. <laughs> <laughs> like the bears. I need, usually. I need a couple Hail Marys. Yeah. <laughs> no, like I'm, you're, you're still writing your story, right? You're, you're, you're still in the midst of writing your story. So, and put it this way, if this is as good as it gets, is it that bad? You know, well, you know, it's so weird uh, about three or four weeks ago, uh, Bud Friedman's uh, daughter asked me, Hey, you know, it's Bud was turning 90 and she goes, you know, and I was honored to be included in that, you know, to send a video and, you know, wish Bud a happy birthday. And, and I told him, I go, Hey, Bud, I go, I want to thank you. Cause uh, you know, you made it possible for me to make a living for 33 years doing comedy. I go, I raised a family on it and, you know, paid my rent and, you know, so uh, like guys like that, you know, it, that made me feel good to, be included in that circle, you know, cause they have right. like Jay Leno and like a lot of big, big names, you know? So, and I, I always want to like respect among my peers. So that's nice. Like, you know, like Kathleen Madigan and like David Brenner said, I was one of his favorite comics and, wow. you know, so there's people like that, that made me, uh, you know, that's nice. And uh, who knows like why, Look at you guys. I remember one time David Brenner was saying on Sirius, he goes, you know, he goes, there's some girl right now with an unbelievable voice singing in a Holiday Inn somewhere in Alabama, and she's never going to be seen. And he goes, there's there's a comic or a band on stage right now that are phenomenal, but they've never, you know, they never got that break or they never got looked at. And you know, right? You you guys, right? You want to be successful? 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know, that's why and you I don't do. get that break, right? That's, you gotta, that's why I don't sleep. And I do like, you know, 50,000 different things is so one of those things is going to hit. So, you know, but you um, yeah, you know, and uh, you never know. You, you don't golf, do you? No, I golf once. I almost killed about six people. It was horrible. <laughs> I don't even think I was going the right way. You know, it was just Ron White was trying to teach me how to golf, you know, and he goes, right. what's your handicap? But I'm like, like math, science, and uh, <laughs> he's like, get back on the bus. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm writing, I just got done um, uh, writing a, a screenplay for a, a golf comedy. And um, so well, I squeeze you in on a movie like that. So, I mean, it's... Uh, the, I'll be the, the groundskeeper like Bill go. Murray and uh, Brown. <laughs> that, that could work too. Uh, the, 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 what was the that, movie. Caddyshack, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't golf at all in that, but yet he was a golfer. But yeah. uh, I mean, because uh, you know, like I said, the the movie is uh, falls apart if I don't get uh, Patrick Warburton to do the the movie. So, which my my plans wow. are to give uh, a a portion of the proceeds to St. Jude Hospital because he has a an annual golf outing every year. Um, celebrity oh, let golf me, outing. Hey, let me know. Tell him if he needs a comic for that. I do a lot of things for St. Jude's. That's like my favorite charity. Right. Oh yeah. Every year he has, he has his organization called the Warburton. So every year he has a celebrity golf outing where he raises money for St. Jude. And that's what gave me the idea to write this, this screenplay, to write this comedy. That's, it's not really faith-based, but it's about a pastor and his son. He, he would be the, the main character, the pastor in the movie, but it's, so it's not like a faith-based movie, but it's, it's just a regular golf comedy. It just happens to be the, the subject matter of, of the thing. But um, so it kind of all, and, and a lot of them are, are friends of his that play in his golf outing that I like, like to have in the movie. So it kind of all falls apart if he doesn't do it. But, um, you know, I, I, you know, I would definitely see a, a, a make, I would even write a, a part in there for you to get you in, in the, in the film. Cause I think you need, you need more exposure like that. You need to be, yeah. you know, in, in movies and TV and stuff more. I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, thank you. I That's so. kind, man. You, you know, what's thing weird? on my next AP. Huh? <laughs> you want to sing? You want to sing on my next EP? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, your song. <laughs> you know what happened after I got divorced? Uh, you know, my wife and and kids they moved back to Chicago. You know, and then uh, I moved back. And then um, at the time, I was burned out on Hollywood. I was just like burnt out, and that's easy to do out there. Like it's oh, yeah. just like uh, that. That city will steal your soul. You know, yeah, absolutely. And. Um, I, uh, my manager wanted me to stay out there because uh, Tim Allen really liked me and they were going to try and get me a part on um, 
not home improvement, the show after that. What was the one that just got? Yeah. Um, last Man Standing. Yeah, Last Man Standing. Yeah, Last Man Standing. Funny so show. they were going to try and get show. me up. Yeah, but I didn't want to go out. You know, right. he's come, him and uh, what's his name are doing another like home improvement. Did you see yeah, that? I that saw it. Yeah, I saw I that. think they just had the first episode. I think I recorded it. It's, um, I forget what it's on. It's on the, uh, I think on the History Channel. But uh, yeah, they're doing things where they're, kind of doing like a lot of the same things they did on full time where they're turbocharging things or beefing things up. Cause I think they, they did another reality show where it was like a content, like a contest. Uh, they did that like for two seasons of that, where you had different people from, they had like three different contestants trying to build things out of the, the, the stuff that they gave them. It was like building something out of nothing and whoever did it best won that, that uh, won some prizes and stuff like that. But now they're just doing this as them just being funny and whatever. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great that they're doing stuff like that, but um speaking of you were talking about about family i uh, is um you know you have how many three sisters i had three sisters uh, and a brother and then i have three daughters and a son and 11 grandkids uh so well it must be you must have grown up catholic an italian catholic family oh, yeah, yeah of course <laughs> I, got 11, I got a football team we're, we're playing the bears uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks i think we're gonna we'll beat them <laughs> but um it, it, you're you're is your real sister uh joyce the one that you pick on all the time and is she okay with that or is that a made-up sister that you have no it's my actual sister but she's, she's not on the internet so that's okay. good because she'd probably kill me if uh <laughs> she knew yeah you do i mean I, don't, I haven't seen you do anything about her well but like there you used to post some of the funniest stuff and just it would rip on her to no end i'm like i hope she has a great sense of humor because some of this stuff is pretty uh you know that's it, not mean it's all in fun spirit but uh you know well, it could it, if, if she's has thin skin it can grate on her after a while but then she she grew up with you she probably familiar, like used to it well you know what happened well <laughs> the one thing here like i used to just say hey my sister did this my sister did that and then how the name joyce came about like that's not her real name but okay. like not a lot of people so what happened was uh and this really happened she she asked me one time she goes how does the the post guy you know the post the mailman how does he know everybody's uh first name <laughs> like it's on the letter you idiot so i put that on facebook and a mailman wrote he goes hey he goes is your sister's name joyce he goes that actually happened to me with a lady named and i said yeah that's her like that's my sister <laughs> so that's how joyce got her name and uh, right. everybody wants to hear like more stuff about her, you know, and I, I got to get back to that, you know, like, uh, cause they always go, Hey, how's your sister Joyce, you know, and, right. and just start telling jokes about her, but that's kind of fun. But yeah, if she, if she was on it, she'd kill me if, uh, you know, right. and I think my relatives don't even tell her cause I think they like laughing about her, you know, cause she's a nitwit, you know, <laughs> you so know something, get this yeah. when, uh, when the Cubs uh, beat the Indians in the World Series that year, uh, you know, like I was like 16, 2016 or something like that. Yeah, it was not long ago. Yeah. So uh, that was in October. Well, literally about six weeks after that, it was early December, the Cleveland Indians, their front office hired me to do their Christmas party. So when a guy introduced me, he goes, oh, this next guy's from Chicago. I had four. They booed me all the, all the way walking up to. The, I had four hundred people just booed. I'm like, oh my god! And oh, I go, uh, I go, I'm a White Sox fan, you idiots! Like I was rooting for you guys. <laughs> that really happened. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's I one way to get out of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, anyways, so uh, what do you got uh, uh, coming up? Uh, reason new? Do you got uh, uh, more gigs coming up? You uh, want to promote? Yeah, I got to cut my lawn tomorrow and then uh, <laughs> Saturday I'm going to paint the garage. <laughs> but you're not going to be serious about it, right? You're gonna, uh, no, no. I've got to, you know what, actually, uh, where am I going? I'm going to Plano. Uh, they opened a new club in Plano, Texas, right outside of Dallas. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm there uh, the, what is it, 6th, the 7th through the 10th or something. Okay. And then uh, near the end of the month, I'm in uh, Edmonton. Alberta, Canada. Right. And then I'm right. in Vegas at Brad Garrett's club, uh, the last week of uh, July. And uh, Brad's a good guy. He treats me really good. And yeah, 
love working his club at the MGM. He's a funny guy. I remember him back yeah. on Star Search. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way yeah. back on Star Search. But yeah, I've got, I've, I've got a lot of friends down in Plano, Texas, in that area, the transplants from Pittsburgh. So we'll get the message out to them and uh, to, to come and see you. And, yeah. um, you know, and when you're up in uh, Canada, make sure you try that Bon Jovi joke again on them. See if it's still hitting. <laughs> but uh, that was only in Montreal. They speak French in Montreal first before they speak English. You want to hear something weird? So get this earlier when you were talking about my accent. Yeah. Um, we were, I was in Rome. We went to Rome. Uh, we were doing, uh, we took a commercial flight to Rome and we only had like about an hour to walk around because then we were getting on a military flight and we we're going to do this uh, Aviano. I think it's the Aviano Air Base. It's in Northern Italy. So we had to get on a commercial flight. So uh, I'm coming out of this little cafe near the Coliseum and this Australian guy's there and he's like, hey, mate, you know, I'm like, oh, what a cool accent, you know. And he goes, right. can you tell me how to get to this cafe that we just came from? And I go, you go up, I go, you just go up here, like to the end of the street and then go left. And it's right there. And he goes, uh, I guess he thought I was from Italy. He goes, <laughs> he goes, you, you have fairly good English. Fairly good. <laughs> 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 I'm, like, I'm from Chicago. I go, I don't even, you idiot. And he laughed and walked away. And <laughs> that's my only language I know. Like, right. I don't like, and it was just fairly good. It's you know? funny that to a foreigner, it was fairly good. <laughs> that's hysterical. Uh, well, you know, definitely when you're, when we are going to get you, have to get you back in Pittsburgh, whether that be on someone at someone's end here, your agent's end's got a book in Pittsburgh. We'll yeah. We're going to stay in there. What if, what if I'm back in Zillianople? We guys plug that. Ah, yeah. Well, sure. I'm good old Zilli. I, I play golf at a golf course up that way. So, uh, you know, we'll definitely come up and see if you're up in Zealand. You know, so. How far is that from you? That's what, about what an hour. Yeah, about I think about an hour. About from four, I'm 50 minutes, maybe in an hour. Uh, it's not very far. I'll get to Pittsburgh, I promise, because I love yeah. that city. I, I oh, you're going to get a bigger crowd in Pittsburgh than you are in Zillianople. You just are. <laughs> There's you nothing know. for anybody well, else to do in Zillianople. Everybody will show. <laughs> sold out there, though. I think, I don't know if it's a... 300 seat club, uh, but I did it twice and we sold out both times, you know. So, well, that's you know, pretty decent that's, for a Zillian. Yeah, yeah well, love- you got Cranberry and uh, Warrendale right there, which yeah, are very prominent problem. areas. So. Yeah, they're they're uh, uh, very pop, heavy populated areas, so it's not too far from there. Oh, okay, but um, well, we will be mindful of your time there, Rocky. We really appreciate you coming on the show. We'll flash up your uh, social media uh, addresses there so people can check you out on Instagram and uh, on uh, YouTube, on thanks, Facebook. Thanks. Where else do you, where else do you, do you do Twitter at all or no? Yeah, I'm on there I'm once in a while, but yeah, I, I have a Twitter account. Okay, we'll flash all those up there for people so they know how to stay in touch with you. And uh, boy, I tell you what, this is uh, like I said, you're you're going to get a, a little bit of different questions from being on this show than you, you're probably used to, and maybe some of the same stuff. But like I said, a lot of the stuff is the stuff that I like to talk about and like to find out about you. But you're you, know, you seem like a really great guy. I'm going to try to find a way to put you in that, that golf movie. So oh, uh, maybe I may be reaching back out to you if we can uh, bring pull that all together. Patrick Warburton's got to say yes though first. I got to. I got to get him to, to give me a yes and, and we'll be on our way. So, wow. Well, God bless you, man. I hope that works out, you know? Thanks. Yeah. You and me both. So, all right. Well, for the big M over there and for Rocky Laporte, you got to check him out soon on the internet and live in front of your not naked steaming ears. Whenever he's in your hometown, I am Michael Cadry. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next time on Blabber Brain Show. 